Hey there, it's Ron. Thanks to everyone who came out to our Halloween show in Tijuana and our two special shows at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science and the Denver Film Festival. We're so lucky to have your support. You still have two more chances to see the show in November, this coming Tuesday, November 14th in San Diego, and this Wednesday, November 15th in Denver. The theme will be Under Your Skin. Next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. Today's story comes from show favorite and one of Denver's most beloved actors, Stephen Burge. Stephen's story was recorded live on September 20th, 2017 at Bunport Theater in Denver, Colorado. The theme of the evening was space. When I was a little kid, I believed a whole bunch of things that were crazy. One of the craziest things being that everybody on this earth was born as they were, and that's, that's how they would spend their entire life. So I believed that some people were born kids between the ages of zero and teenager, and some people were born adults, mostly parents, and then some grandparents. And uh, so I, I was lucky. I had been born a kid. I didn't really have to do much. That was great. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so, so um, when people would ask me, what do you want to do when you grow up? I was like, mm, oh, it's like an imagination game. <laughs> like if I were born a grown up, then I would be a dinosaur. And they would be like, well, you can't be a dinosaur because that's not a human thing and they're extinct. And I'd be like, okay, well, you're not very good at your imagination. So what do you want me to be? And they'd be like, want to be an astronaut and go to space? I'm like, yep, that's great. Now, I also believed that some people thought daddies were handsome and some people thought mommies were pretty. And when I was like five or six, I got sick. Not a big sick. It's not a sad story like that. Stomach flu, ear infection. I don't know. That's fine. And, but I had to stay home from school. And at that point in, in television history, being gay was enough to create an hour's worth of programming. So I don't know if it was Phil Donahue or Sally Jesse Raphael. It doesn't matter. My mom just let me watch that in General Hospital. Loved it. And... <clears throat> And this topic was these people, these people who I recognized had been born grown-ups, and many of them were dads who thought other dads were handsome. And I thought, oh, if I'd been born a grown-up, that's what I would be. (laughs) And uh, then it went to commercial break. And after commercial break, they opened up the floor for comments. And uh, I didn't know what the word abomination was. And I didn't know what the word pedophile was. And I didn't know any of that. But what I did know, because I was raised very Christian, was that everybody, if they were born a baby or a grandpa, they were going to die. And if you followed the rules, you got to go to heaven. And if you picked on your sister too much, you had to go to hell. So... (laughs) So all of a sudden, these people were standing up, and they, what the resounding message I learned was that these daddies who thought daddies were handsome, they had to go to hell for that. And when I was five years old, I learned from the magic of daytime programming that if I had been born a grown-up, I would go to hell 
for thinking daddies were handsome. And it was possible that I was going to go to hell anyway. Five years old. So then, um, when I was seven years old, my parents moved from California to a small little town in Iowa. Uh, I loved it. It was, it, was, it was so tiny. There was 199 people. And I don't know if this is true, if this is a made-up memory, but I'm pretty sure that it's true that after my parents signed the, the deed to the house, there was a big sign outside of the park that said, welcome to our town, population 199. And my mom took my sister and I down to the park, and there was a little old man in overalls and a farmer, and he's climbing a ladder, and he painted over 199, and he wrote 203. <laughs> four people in my family. And... Um, <laughs> And I, seven years old, I registered that this town was special because every single person mattered. Every single person was on that sign. Seven years old. And I also knew at that time that I had been wrong about growing up. I recognized that I was starting to grow up. And <laughs> I wasn't thrilled about it. I, I also knew that I no longer thought daddies were handsome. I thought they were gross and hairy, but gosh, my best friend Brian was pretty cute. And that, <laughs> whew, interestingly enough, that also coincided with uh, the time in my life when I had always had an overactive imagination and I would get scared about things and I had night terrors. I still have terrible nightmares. And, um, but things were starting to get worse and worse and I would not be able to breathe sometimes. And, and my parents noticed that I was doing this thing where I would take all the change. My, my bedroom would be a mess, but I would take all my change and I would stack my pennies from the oldest to the youngest, next to the nickels, oldest to youngest, dimes, oldest to youngest, quarters. Same deal. I would roll up my belts perfectly. My closet would be from light to dark. All my books were alphabetized. One might say, obsessive compulsive. <laughs> if one said those words in small town Iowa, which we don't, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> that was happening, and I was getting more and more scared about things, and one day during English class, a special friend came to take me out of class and talk to me. Now, I was super annoyed that it happened during English class because that was about the only thing I was good at. When I was in fourth grade, I was already reading at a high school level and it, was, it kept getting better and better. And so I was like, hmm, could you come during gym? No? Okay. <laughs> All right, well, I guess here we are. And he asked me a whole bunch of questions about what I was scared of and why did I count things and why did I do this, that, and the other thing. Uh, spoiler alert, my special friend was a child psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, through our conversations, he gave me this, this tool. It was called Trip to a Star, and I could listen to this tape. And it was great that I had decided that I wanted to be an astronaut instead of a dinosaur, because I now had a point of reference for the kind of people who went to outer space. And those people got to leave everything and be safe up there. And this tape, it was like visualization before visualization was really a thing, I guess. Well, I guess not, because it was, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But... Um, <laughs> So, and I would do this, and if I would get scared at the dentist or the doctor, or if I, I would be too nervous that I was ha like, oh, wow, later on, wow, <laughs> my body's changing in a way that every time I look at Mr. Ewald, I have to untuck my shirt. What's that about? I could just go ahead and, uh, you guys know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I could just go ahead and trip to a star it. But what was weird was I never stopped really being scared. That trip to the star was good, uh, but I, I ne there was so much that was just wrong. Cut to 
these things, these, uh, they're anxiety attacks. They, they still happen. In fact, I didn't know I was going to say this part, but since Mayor is right here, I'll just do it. Hi, Mayor. Um, I had one during a show at The Curious. I thought it was an asthma attack, but because I also have a little OCD going, I knew that page 54 was the middle of the script, and I knew what word was on page 54 that was, would precede the blackout. And I knew we were supposed to keep going. There was no intermission, but um, I couldn't. I couldn't breathe. And I, I, I was tunnel vision, and I was saying my lines, and I was driving through. And then when that blackout happened, I got up and I left. And the other actors were like, I don't think he's coming back. <laughs> and seamlessly, the lights came up, and a stage manager said, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy a beverage and think about any questions you would like to ask the actors at this evening's talkback. And Mayor met me backstage, and she said, what can I do for you? And I was like, I think I need my inhaler. She called my partner. He brought the inhaler. I, I quickly realized that this probably wasn't asthma. It was an anxiety attack, and I didn't know what triggered it. And she said, do you need space? And I was like, yeah. So she sort of backed off and she was like, you have 15 minutes worth of space and then we're going to move forward any way we need to, probably with an ambulance. Is that what you want? And I was like, nope, I don't think so. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And it was fine and I finished the show and it was seamless. And that kind of moment in this theater community where like, it's just seamless. It's just, they, 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 they rally around you when you need it. The Denver Actors Fund, we're going to rally around people who need it. My roommate, she's back there. Sometimes I'll be like, I think I'm having a heart attack. I think this is real this time. And she'll be like, uh-huh, what did you eat today? And I'll say, I don't know. I didn't eat anything, but I had four cups of coffee and like three glasses of wine. And she'll be like, okay, is it possible that instead of a heart attack, you just make bad dietary choices? Right? I'm like, yeah, that really, that's smart. I'll have some water and some think on that. My point is the outer space, now that I'm an adult, I realize that this thing, whatever it is, is just part of me. And there are some good things about it. I am creative, and I, and I do get in touch with my emotions fast, and there's all this kind of thing. But it's not outer space. It's not a trip to a star or removing myself from this earth that saves me. It is the community that surrounds me that saves me. So thank you to that community, and that means you tonight for laughing and being a part of it. And uh, I hope that you all have your own community and that you don't need to go to outer space to find peace. Stephen Burge, everybody. You brilliant son of a bitch. The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our assistant producer is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Illegal Pete's, Sexy Pizza, From the Hip Photo, and Renegade Brewing Company. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And join us at one of our live monthly shows, which take place every second Tuesday of the month at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego, California, and every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Both shows start at 8 p.m. and are always free to attend. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter, and for past episodes, photos from our live shows, and a list of our upcoming events and themes, please visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening.